And are you ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Well, let me tell you, you have a powerful word coming this morning. The gentleman that's ready to come up here and speak, I just have to tell this, this story. I had just met them, we're just getting to know them, and uh, he said he would like to end up talking to me one-on-one, so I met him at a restaurant, and he's, as he's sitting El, uh, in Star, the Mexican restaurant in Star, I can't ever remember, something about Loco, in uh, El Mariachi Loco, sitting in a booth, sitting across a table, and just beginning conversation with this man. There's a manifestation, when I, a lot of times when I start to pray over somebody, or the power of God comes on me, typically for impartation, I start like somebody's pushing on my, like, kind of crazy thing right there. But as I'm sitting across the table from him, and we're just starting our conversation, barely begin to even talk about the Lord, and I start manifesting, and I don't know him yet. I'm thinking, oh, he is going to think that I am so weird, and I am not able to control this right now. But this man carries Holy Spirit in such a powerful way that I was manifesting him sitting across the table from me, and I just want to bring him up and introduce him right this moment. So let's give the warm valley welcome to Rick LeBrun this morning. Yes. Wow. Thank you, Pastor Lynn, um, for that, uh, that introduction. And, um, there's so much to share uh, today, but let me first introduce myself. My name is uh, Rick, Rick Lebrun, and my wife and I, my wife Lisa and I have been members of this wonderful church family for about two years. My wife here is Lisa. Many of you may have seen her doing her thing up here. Before I jump into what I want to share with you today, uh, though, is just a quick comment. Isn't it something that we belong to a church that has a worship leader you know, you think of having a mental image of Christy, Pastor Christy, and, you know, she's very, you know, sweet and angelic, and she leads us into the presence of God himself through music, but yet she recognizes the authority that we have in Christ and by the Holy Spirit dwelling on us to stomp on the head of the enemy. So we want to be sure that as we walk our Christian life that we do not um, confuse the love of God with the power of God that dwells within us. And that manifests sometimes in great power. And sometimes it also manifests itself in some very gentle, subtle ways. And so I want to speak with that about, about this a little bit today. Uh, it was wonderful. For those of you that were at the men's event uh, a little over a week ago, we had it here on Friday night in the, uh, in the auditorium. And uh, the Holy Spirit had actually uh, had asked, uh, had impressed upon me, I was asked to speak, and had impressed upon me to actually speak about our relationship. And that's twice in the last 60 days or so that Holy Spirit has just said, talk about me. When I said, what should I talk about? I was invited by Pastor Matthew and, and Brother Tim to speak, and he said, talk about me. That had happened when we went to some friend's house even about 30 days prior to that. I said, Holy Spirit, what should I, they'd asked me to do a short devotional, what should I talk about? He said, talk about me. And so here I am. And Pastor Lynn gave me a call on Wednesday and said, Rick, I'd like you to speak and share a little bit about how you walk in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you can share some of the things that you shared with the men. And, um, and as the Spirit leads you, you know, maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit more. So, so I will. So for the men that were there, we had about 50 men that were there. Some of this may be a little bit of a refresher. Uh, and for those of you that weren't there, um, I'm hoping that it's somewhat new to you. Some of the concepts I'll be sharing with you are not entirely new, but maybe the way I present them to you might speak to you in a way that's a little different than you had heard it uh, in the past. Let's go ahead and kind of bring ourselves into the context here first. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for me, and then we'll jump into the Word. Father, I just thank you for all who are assembled here. I pray your blessing upon each person that is here. I ask that you will give them ears to hear by the power of your Spirit, that you'll give them eyes to see 
by the power of your spirit. And I pray that you also will soften and prepare their hearts to receive the word. To hear it, not only as I say it, but more importantly, as you intend it. As you intend it. And Father, I just pray your blessing upon me, that what you say will be uh, pleasing to you, edifying, um, to, and to, edifying to those who are present today. I pray these things, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Who would we say is the forgotten God? So often we talk about the Father and his heart, and we talk about, and we should, he is the Father, he loves us. And I could talk all day about the Father's heart and, and, and Father's heart ministry and the love that the Father has for us. We also will talk about Jesus and the blood that he shed so that we could receive salvation, so that we could, have etern- we could be eternally present with the Lord. We, 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 we bask in the grace of Jesus. And you know, although not entirely forgotten, we do speak of the Holy Spirit. Generally, though, especially in a corporate setting like this, we'll speak of the Holy Spirit in a, um, in a somewhat intangible sense because we're sensing the presence of the Holy Spirit coming in, invading from the, uh, into the natural realm, from the supernatural, in a way that we can sense in the physical. And when there's worship occurring and we're all pressing in and we all have, we're in unity and prayer and we all are focused on him and not ourselves, and we're ministering unto the Lord in worship, we're aware of his tangible presence, almost like I can feel him now as I'm raising my hands up speaking to you. Sadly, many of us in our relationship of being in those moments of what I'll call glory, because we experience the glory of God by being in his presence, sadly, that experience, uh, which is so refreshing, it's so delightful, it's so heavenly, of being in his presence is something that some of us only experience right here in this space. That we come to church to feel, to receive, to be in the presence of the Lord. But today what I'm going to talk with you about is the very re, uh, the the, 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 the the very reality of the presence of the Lord dwelling in us, what he wants, why he's there, and how we can develop and nurture and steward a relationship with the very power of God that dwells in us so that that awareness of his glory is with us wherever we go. I'd like to share, you know, Valley Church is a very interesting place. We've only been here two years, and this has been a time for my wife and I of, of transition from where we had lived uh, a couple thousand miles away from here. We lived in the islands um, just off the coast of, uh, of, of uh, California and Hawaii, and it was a transition and season, a seasonal shift for us. I was retiring, and we were moving here, and, and that in itself was a very... Um, real Holy Spirit experience. For the sake of time, I won't go into all those details now, but bottom line is Holy Spirit brought us from Honolulu, Hawaii, to Star, Idaho. And that's the, and only, praise the Lord, and that is something only Holy Spirit can do. Star, Idaho, 20 years ago, had less than 2,000 people in it. Now it's got about 15,000. It's still essentially a dot on the overall map of where God could be moving us. My encouragement to you would be when we he, when you hear, and we'll t- I'll develop this a little more, but when we hear the Holy Spirit speaking, don't plug your ears. And don't, and don't do the, I'll listen to him later. That can't really be the Holy Spirit. It's something else. And I want to walk you through how that works. How do you develop that? I guess for lack of better words, I'll call it a discipline or maybe a practice is a better word of hearing the Holy Spirit, of, of being in union with the Holy Spirit and being in both fellowship and friendship with the Holy Spirit. I want to say one more thing about Valley Church before I, I move forward, though. And that is our mission at Valley, you know, different churches will focus on different, focus on different things. There's some wonderful churches. You can go to different conferences. And there's a, a church that we've been to in Phoenix, Arizona, that focuses on revival. There's a church we've, uh, we've been to and you may have heard of in the Tri-Cities area called Hungry Generation. They, they focus on deliverance. So they, they are a local church, but they do, that is their a mainstream that they move through. 
Valley Church, although we also focus, we have those things that occur in this church as part of being uh, a complete and whole and healthy church, the mission of our church is to equip and empower you to fulfill your purpose in Christ. And so to equip you and to, to equip and empower you to fulfill your purpose in Christ. And that's what I'll be speaking about today because, you know, quite frankly, the Holy Spirit dwells in you to equip you and empower you to fulfill your purpose in Christ. So it's pretty appropriate that this is what we've been talking about. But again, initially, rather than talking about this in the corporate sense, I want to be sure that you understand I'm narrowing it down. When I say corporate sense, I mean in a body like this. I'm actually narrowing this down to a personal relationship with Holy Spirit. So where do we start on this? I think, first of all, is to make clear that the Word lays out everything I'm going to be sharing with you. I have just a few scriptures I'll share with you and uh, to, to, to bring to your remembrance where the Bible specifically speaks to, or at least a few of the obvious occasions, of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is, has been sent upon your salvation to dwell within you. And before I read those scriptures, I would also share with you, don't conf I, would, I would encourage you to not confuse this with, well, you've also heard the terminology of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I may be able to speak to that a little bit later in the service, but every Christian, when you have been born again, immediately upon your salvation, receives the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And that's where I'm camping mostly today. Although we can, it's, I, I want to, I, it's wonderful to talk about that. I, that would end up being probably a two or three hour message. We got social Sunday, so I'm staying on the, 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 the relationship we have with Holy Spirit when he dwells within you upon salvation. And that's where we end up most often having the forgotten God in the triune God relationship. But if we were to look at 1 Corinthians, for example, there's a great example in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, where the author says, this would be Paul, says, it is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16, you've got it there, thank you, Linda. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Now, many times when I've heard that before, I've actually been focused essentially on the fact that we are God's temple and that um, we don't want to grieve him because we, want to, we, want, you know, we are his temple. I've never really had thought before in great depth about that he dwells in you. Of 26 years of walking with the Lord, it's probably only been the last 15 years or so that I had a true and real understanding uh, of the Holy Spirit's presence in me and the role in me. I want to jump down to a couple more examples here, and then I'll elaborate. I want to give you some illustrations that I think will be useful. Let's look at first, in the same um, letter, Paul writes a little bit further down in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Go forward to chapter 6 and look at verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. And it says, or do you not know? So by the way, Paul says almost the same thing here. He's reiterating it again. If Paul's got to be reiterating it to the church in Corinth, then, he, then probably we need to be reiterating it to the church in Caldwell, Idaho. That, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you? So it is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. So we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit dwells within us. Where did he come from? He came from God. He is the Spirit of God in us. And the little zinger there, that is the, you are not your own. In fact, uh, verse 20, if you were to continue, is, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And that's often where the emphasis will be when I've heard that preached before. But I'm keeping the emphasis on verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Let's just jump around a little bit more if we can, and then I have some illustrations to show you, share with you. Let's go to John. And that's a great place for all believers to uh, jump to, especially as a new believer. Most of us were directed when we accepted Christ to, where, where do you start in the Bible? What do you do? We were taken to the book of John. Let's look at John 14, verse 25. So in John 14, verse 25 and 26, let me read this to you. And, and, and John has his own take on things and elaborates a little bit further. 
I'll read here. These things I've spoken to you while I am still with you. By the way, this is Jesus speaking. So it would be red letters, although of course there are white letters on your screen. So this is Jesus. And this is towards the, this is, this is, this is uh, not, not long before he goes to the cross. So these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So I'll say this again to you because we're going to pull on this, pull this out a little bit more. He will teach you. So we've established he dwells within us. But then he will teach us how many things? What? All things. And bring to your remembrance all that I, this would be Jesus, have said to you. Let's just continue. Uh, oh, you know what? I want to share just another version here. I'm not sure if I, Linda, if I prepped you on my notes that I sent up with Pastor Tim. But let's look at the same verse in the New Living Translation just for a moment. Thank you. Well, you are fast. So, New Living, just a quick, it's very similar, I'm, but I'm going to call something out. I'm telling you that these things, uh, sorry, I'm telling you these things now while I am still with you. This is Jesus. But when the Father, but, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, in case you're not sure what he's talking about as the advocate, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So it's a similar way, of, a different way of saying the same thing. He will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I have already told you. So we've established that the Father has sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. We've established that we are upon um, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit within us. We become the temple of God. Because the Spirit of God previously would have been dwelling, if you think in an Old Testament context, would have been dwelling in temples or in the Holy of Holies and other locations and moved around. It was not still as omnipresent as we think of Holy Spirit now. Part of the beauty of the omnipresence, meaning everywhere, and He is, but He's also in all of us. So we we have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. We are the a temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the temple of God. So with that said, we have to ask ourselves the question, what should this relationship be? And this is really what I'm here to talk with, speak with you today and share with you. What is the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit? Because quite honestly, I used to kind of, and I'm just speaking frank with you if it's okay. I'm not a preacher. I'm probably more of a teacher, so it's more of a conversation perhaps. But I used to think, well, if the Holy Spirit dwells within me, I was a new believer. I got saved at 33. So although I'm 57 now, I've been saved 26 years. There is a before and after. So I, there is a before salvation, quite a bit of my life, and then after salvation. So at 33 years old, I was already a full-grown adult, already moving and shaking in the world, doing the things that I was doing. But I wanted to understand what had happened to me. So I was searching the Bible, and I was being discipled by my pastor at the time. And I was taking a look to see, okay, so Holy Spirit dwells within me, but Where? And, and, and how does this work? And, and, and quite frankly, why don't I feel it? Well, God bless the church that we were in at the time when I was able to hear the gospel in a meaningful way that, that I understood I must receive Christ. But it was not a church that moved in the things of the Spirit. It acknowledged the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't a, a, um, one that was expounded upon. So some of this was, was researching and self-feeding. And how many of you know that immediately after we are born again, it's true, we are like babies. And our pastors need to be feeding us and giving us that food. But men and women of God, there's a certain time when we have to start feeding ourselves. Oh, we love our pastors, but we have to feed ourselves. We need to be able to chew and cut and start looking for the meat and so forth. So I was thinking, wow, this Holy Spirit thing, what, what, what's the Bible say about this and how does this work? Now, ended up manifesting in a pretty profound way, uh, but we'll save that for a little later. Here's the thing. If we looked at the Bible and said, why is the Holy Spirit in us? He's to teach us all things. He's to give us remembrance of all the things that Jesus said. But he's also to be our friend. We're also to have fellowship. One area I get, it's a beautiful 
game-changing verse in relationship to the relation in regards to the relationship that we should be having and can have with the Holy Spirit, and that would be Second Corinthians chapter three, verse fourteen. It's right at the tail end, and this is basically where Paul, who always has great um, beginnings and endings of his letters, but right at the end where he's saying, "May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God." And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So I'll say that again. And is there substantial where he's acknowledging each element of the perfect and beautiful and wonderful triune God. That the grace, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, to so the grace of, the saving grace of Jesus, and the love, the boundless, unending love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So, so what is fellowship with the Holy Spirit? And why would we want fellowship with him? I was saved out of um, a Christian but religious context. So I was aware of, uh, up until 33 years old, I was aware of uh, there was a God. I had no relationship. Didn't really know where I would fit in that. And when I was born again, it was very liberating. And it was very freeing. There was a sensation of I am in an entirely new place. I really am an entirely new being. And the horrible things, I think of Pastor Tim when he was up here praying today, the horrible things that I should have been sitting in the mud, figuratively speaking, of my own filth, that God doesn't leave us there. He pulls us out and takes us out of them and saves us out of them. I was aware of that. But I was still walking in this sense of shame and a little bit of guilt. And even though I had been forgiven, there was a, a sense of, okay, now it's time for me to clean up my act. God has brought me salvation. He has forgiven me of my sins. And it's time for me to get my act together and square myself away. Because now I know some of the differences between right and wrong. And I was getting ready to start walking the faith of the Christian walk in my own power and in my own strength. Now, this church is pretty dynamic. When I look around, and I know many of you, I know many of you, I know some of your church backgrounds. There are some, there are some legacy members of Valley Church for years and years and years, and we praise and thank the Lord for you. Uh, but there's also new members, and you're from different places with different experiences. So I don't know entirely where you're at when your ears are hearing this. But if you've been in a place where you think that we are walking our Christian walk in a way in order to earn God's continued acceptance, you've only got half of the, of the gift that he wants to give you. It's true, we are saved, we are born again. He has forgiven, of, uh, forgiven us of our sins. But he doesn't expect us to do it by ourselves. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? That it's hard enough to wrap your mind around a father who would, who would forgive you for those things, but then to have a father who says, don't worry, Rick, about trying to figure it out. And if you knew me at all before, especially before being filled with the Holy Spirit, I was definitely the one who'd be trying to figure it out. And I was very well determined. And in a, in a marketplace environment, in the business environment that I was involved in, would have been what the world would have said was successful. But it was exhausting. And I thought, okay, I can do, I can do this business I'm in. I can, do, I can do Christianity. And so I was walking in my own strength. That gets exhausting and tiring very, very fast. And you know, there are plenty of even so-called spirit-filled churches that are stuck in the mindset that God will not be pleased with you unless you are striving to serve and to please him, that you are by works going to receive his approval. Oh, no, we are to be doing, he, he, he does delight when we're serving others. He does delight when we're ministering to others. He does delight when we're compassionate and loving to others. But it's from the place of his love, not to the place of his love. So who can guide us through that? My best friend. My very, very best friend. Oh, I have a very good friend in the room right now, and that's my wife. 
My very best friend is the Holy Spirit. I talk to the Holy Spirit all day long. In fact, if you come upon me when I'm not aware that you might be coming in proximity, like the male lady at my house, I'm outside working, I'll be just sitting there talking away sometimes in English, sometimes not, and I'll just be talking and so forth, and, and just communing continuously. It's a wonderful, wonderful place to be. For those, for those of you, excuse me, for those of you that are tired, for those of you that are worn out, for those of you that have been trying so long because you're naturally smart or you've had a good education or, or maybe not so much and you're working in a job that no matter how hard you work, you're really not getting ahead. And you're, and you're thinking, this is like, where is this end? What's this going to do? Let me know those, that, that I want to let you know those rules of the, of the world do not apply in the kingdom of God. There are two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of God and there is the kingdom of, of or there, and there is the world, which is many times can be associated with the kingdom of darkness. Let me break apart for you, if I can use an illustration of how our wonderful Father has laid this out. I'm going to try to stand a little bit over here, hoping everybody can see me, because I'm going to be moving about a little bit. The illustration I want to share with you is, to, answer, to the answer of the question, if the Holy Spirit dwells within me, where is he? If I looked at myself in a mirror or you looked at yourself in a mirror, you're going to see what? Your body. Now, we are made up of three components. Some of you may know this, but I'm going, to, I'm going to peel this back a little bit more than maybe you've heard it before. We have three elements in, our, in mankind or in humankind. I'll often use the word man in what I'm referring to just for simplicity, but, it, but it's men and women. So in humankind, when God made humans, we have a we are a spirit being that has a soul and we dwell in a body. So for purposes of this illustration, I want the center right here where I'm standing now, is, think of this as the soul. Now I'll elaborate on that in just a moment. Over here, we have the body. And over here, we have the spirit. So we have the spirit, the soul, the body. The spirit, right here is the, and right here is the, okay, it's good. I didn't put marks on here, so I'll try to get back to the same locations if I dance around for you. Now bear with me, because those of you that are familiar with this concept have probably seen the um, model that is often used by, by many Bible teachers. I think the first time I saw it was from Watchman Nee's uh, writings. But it's a circle where there's three circles that are in between and you have the spirit in the center and the soul um, around the spirit. And then you have another circle with the, um, with the body around that. And in fact, I may have even seen that in this church as well. So that's a more common way. But I want you to look at me. And I want you to be able to see in me Man as God designed man to be the three elements, the body, the soul, the spirit. Now, let me give you some definitions here so we're using the same because, quite honestly, I was the longest time before I had any understanding of the difference between soul and spirit. What's the difference? So let's talk about these different realms. I'll talk about the spirit realm in a moment. Let's talk about the body first. The body is where, our, where, we, where we live. It's our house. So both our soul and our spirit dwell in our body. Our body is the tool or the mechanism or the vessel, whichever word you like, that God has created for us to interact with his creation. He created the earth and everything on it. And he gave us a body to carry the spirit and the soul. So our body, an elaborate, I'll come back to the body in a moment. So our body is where, in what we, where we dwell. But we really, our body that we have now is temporal. It's not going to last forever. Oh my goodness, but how much time we spend on our body and what we look like and what we dress like and this and that and the other. But this is our communication with the outside world, his creation. Our soul, the middle part, is really our 
um, let's just say personality for simplicity's sake. But the soul is made up of three parts and they interact back and forth so fast sometimes unless you're very uh, intentional about thinking, about, about managing the process inside of your soul, your soul gets away from you and starts managing all of you. So what is your soul? It's your mind. Okay, we can handle that. Minds are good. God, make, God doesn't make mistakes. He gave us a mind. He gave us the ability to, to reason. He gave us the, the capacity to learn. He made us, we, we were the, the best of what he made. We were made in his image. So our mind is not a bad thing. The question is, what's it submitted to? Well, let's just drop down a little. Now, this is a good one. Let's drop down to our emotions. So we have our mind, we have our emotions, and the third major element within our soul is our will. That's what we want to do. That's what we determine to do. That's what we um, have decided to do, usually as a result of what's happening in the mind and the will. Now I'm going to draw some illustrations for you in a minute. Thank you for bearing with me on this. So then we have, the, so our personality, is, to think of that, it's the easy way to think of your soul. It's not good or, your personality is not good or bad otherwise, although you'll often hear people refer to soulish, you're being soulish, soulish realm. That's because it's a question of where your personality is being, what's, what you're submitting to. Are you submitting to the spirit or are you submitting to the world? I'll pull on that in a moment. So we'll stick with this. So here we go. So I'm a little bit behind the podium, but you guys get the idea. Here's the spirit. This is the closest position to the cross right here. Not by accident. This is, if the body is your connecting point and your vessel that you can communicate and interact with and have an impact within God's creation, earth, what he made, if the body is your ability to communicate with the natural realm that, of what has been made by him on earth, your spirit is your capability to connect with the supernatural realm. If your body is the capability through your five senses to perceive what is happening in the physical realm in this room. Right now you're listening to me. You can see me. Um, if you are close enough, you might be able to smell me if I was wearing cologne. Uh, and, you can, and you can interact and interface. You can touch. You can feel things. You can feel this is a little bit coarse on top or the carpet soft or whatnot. We have our five senses. God gave us five senses to detect what happens in the physical realm so we can interact. And our body allows us to have, not only allows us to detect what's going on, it, it, it is designed in a way with muscles and a frame that provides us with portability, meaning we can move. So the body allows us to move over here. So we can not only perceive God's realm that he created for us to live in and have dominion over, but it also allows us to move within the physical realm. This is what we do all day long. This is what we do. So this is no surprise to you, but you probably don't think about it this way. Meanwhile, while your body's moving all around and interfacing with the world, your body is really only an outward manifestation of what's going on the inside. And, the question, and, and where on the inside is that manifestation occurring? It's being processed, the outcome, the output of your body, meaning are you, are you waving or are you eating, or are you touching, or are you looking away, or are you ignoring by looking at your phone, or whatever you're doing, your body is a manifestation of what's going on in here. It's an outward representation of what's happening on the inside, in the soulish realm. So it's a result of what you're thinking, of what you're feeling, up through your emotions, and then what it is you're determining to do with all that. Am I going to be happy, sad, angry, offended, whatever it's going to be, and then the message gets sent out to your body again, that this is what I'm going to do, and you get that reaction. So your body is really just a puppet. You know, there's a lot of teachings talking about the sinfulness of, sinful nature of the flesh, and in fact, different Bible translations will use some of that, and I understand that. But, but very much so, the flesh, when it's submitted to, depending on who it's, what it's submitted to, is either glorious as God created us to be in his image, he created us in his image, or is it being used in a way um, that is not as he intended it to be, which then would be considered sinful or bad. So your body is just an instrument of what's happening here in the soulish realm. Your soul, however, is, is what is your instrument and your, your capability to detect and respond 
detect and respond to those things that are happening in the unseen realm, in the supernatural realm, in the heavenly realm. Okay, so you have been very patient. Took me a long time to get here. When you are, and, and I'm trying, uh, I don't want to use Sunday, too much Sunday school terminology, but there is some terminology that's good for us all to know. When you are the unregenerated man, meaning you have not yet been born again, meaning you have just been born, you are born, you are born with the spirit, and you are born with the soul, and you are born with the body, when you are born from your mother, and your, and your, and your soul is very much like I just described, and your body will grow up, and it's very much you know, what you described. But what's different in the unregenerated unger, uh, man, uh, or what some may refer to as unsaved, is that the spirit of man, not the spirit of God, the spirit of man is dormant in you. Some would say the spirit of man is dead to the things of God. And so your spirit man is dead. This would be the this would be the one who has not yet accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, that they, have not, that they have not repented of their sins and have not received the forgiveness that comes from that loving Father by the sacrifice of Jesus on a cross, very much like that. So what you have there is a man who has a spirit, but it's really dead, uh, and, it's, it's, and it's not alive. And then you have, so that means that the non-regenerated man or the person not yet saved, the person who's not yet met Jesus, if we just use kind of normal language, <clears throat> that person is completely left up to their own fruition of whatever they think, whatever they feel, and whatever they want to do. We get to make our own rules because there's no other guidepost. It's whatever we think, whatever we hear, whatever we want to do, and, we can, and then we tell the body to do that. That's where the body, that's where the flesh, the body can become very sinful in its nature, because it can be easily dominated. It's a puppet. It will do whatever it's told to do. Question is, who's giving it, you know, where, who's calling the shots? Where's it coming from? Now, there's a very practical application to this. And you're doing a great job listening to me. Thank you, because I think this will be life-changing. Even for those of you who are already born again, which would be many, most of you in here, and even for those of you who are walking in the Spirit, I hope that this is a way that will help you break it down and have a more intimate union with Holy Spirit. So here you are, the unregenerated man. You've got two major components to you. In fact, you really do have the spirit still, but it's just dead. You get born again. You get forgiven of your sins. We've been separated from God by sin, by the fall uh, in, in, um, in uh, the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. For the sake of time, I can't go through all of that right now. I'm going to be happy to talk with you about it afterwards. But we're separated from God unless, we, unless something occurs that reconnects us with God, and that's our salvation. That's our repentance, our forgiveness, and we receive forgiveness of sins. At the same time, God then sends his Holy Spirit to dwell within our spirit. And when that happens, we are alive in him. And so you hear some of the, praise the Lord, you hear some of the, the church talk, we then become alive. So this suddenly, this little compartment of you that had been dark and dormant, and it's poof, now it's alive, like a light bulb that turns on, literally, a light bulb that's right there. Ho! And I, get, I just love talking about the Holy Spirit because this is, this is the rest of what I'm going to talk about. So the light bulb is on. God has sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within you, and you're uh, forgiven of your sins, so your, um, your uh, spirit realm is clean, <laughs> but your soul stays clean for about one second. We're back in the mud again because we are so accustomed to the soul calling the shots. What we think, what we feel. And by the way, what we think is oftentimes what other people think and they told us. Because remember, our soul is influenced by what we've perceived from the outside world, what we're watching on Facebook, YouTube, TV, Netflix, whatever. We're bringing that all into us. That's telling us what's right and wrong. That's telling us what's good and bad. And you already know from the, now you already know from the Bible that what God, you know, what the devil does is he takes what God says is good and says is bad and, um, and flips it around. So here we are, light bulb on. And what do we do? Unless we are keenly aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. And this, this may be some of us in the room today. 
unless we are keenly aware. And I'm not at this moment talking about the fullness and the baptism and some of these other uh, wonderful things that are available to us. I'm talking about just at the straight up, you're born again, light bulb on the spirit, you are now, um, you have been cleaned, you have been regenerated, you have been turned on. Your spirit man has life and it's good. Meanwhile, your soulish man has become so accustomed to getting all of its guidance, all of its input from the physical man. Because what's the physical man do? Well, the physical man is out there detecting. You have the five senses, and you are pulling things in. And so you are, you're seeing things, you're hearing things, and in yourself and your body, you're not really processing that. That happens in the soulish man. But the soulish man is getting all of its input. This is your mind, your emotions, and your will. is getting all of its input from whatever your physical man sees and detects in the world. So you're living in the world and you're living of the world. The Bible gives us the ability to live in the world but not be of the world. You got to love John 17 um, when uh, Jesus is praying in the garden. So we, it's not Jesus' intention or God's that we would be in the world and in, uh, uh, in the world and of the world, we are to be in the world and not of the world. Well, how does that work? And this is the lesson for today, primarily. I'll wrap up here shortly. <clears throat> Our friend, my best friend, the Holy Spirit, who has walked with me through things, I, uh, you know. Not only would time not permit me to tell them, I don't think I'd be able to remain composed while I was telling them to you. My Holy Spirit never goes away. He is always there. But friends, what we do continuously when we lose our job because we don't take a, a vaccine or because we, um, or the business closes down because of rules and restrictions, we turn this way for a solution. Or if we, um, maybe we even hear his voice through dreams, maybe visions. You wake up and think, wow, honey, I had a dream. That was really interesting. Oh, well, change the channel, put something on the car and kind of move on. While well, his small voice is talking over here because you're worried about not being able to pay your mortgage because you're not getting the hours you need at your job because the restaurant you work in isn't open. Where do you turn for a solution? Bing. So my encouragement is to practice the, the, the discipline, I'll call it that, of being intentional. And when you recognize you can't make your mortgage because you're not getting the hours you need at the place you work, turn this way. Look to the Spirit. Look to Him for guidance. Look to Him for comfort. Look to Him for direction. Look to him for wisdom. Look, for him to, look to him for creative solutions. Look to him for solace. Look for him, to the, him for the new job. And every time you do that, you're that much closer to the kingdom of God. Now, don't get me wrong. If God had wanted us to purely be saved and go to heaven, he would have taken care of that in the same instant that he justified us or saved us. He, that would have happened then. No, no, there's a journey we're here to walk because he loves us so much that he doesn't want anyone else to be separated from him for eternity. So he wants us to, be, to have a powerful, uh, powerful impact on the culture around us, to have an impact of bringing his kingdom from heaven right down to earth. He's leaving his people here to partner with him to see that his desires, his wills are fully realized on this planet. And it's possible as Christians to surrender. We don't mean to. But we continuously are looking this way and will follow the rules of the world, the guidance of the world, so forth. Don't get me wrong. I am not a, a, one of your brothers or sisters that would propose that we go hide in church. Oh, actually, completely the opposite. I believe so much in going beyond the four walls of the church, 
But you know, that can be a little bit intimidating if you're walking out there in your earth suit and you're being driven and guided by the soulish realm. Unless you've got the power, the guidance, the solace, the wisdom, uh, the love, the comfort, everything you need from the Holy Spirit is right here. So we have the opportunity of having union with him. We're familiar with the word communion or communion. Just think of union. We are one and the same. So much so that the Father sent his own spirit, the spirit of God to dwell and of Jesus to dwell within us so that we would not be alone, so that we would not have to figure it out. And to be quite honest with you, we wouldn't even have to remember what Jesus said because the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance these things and it will give you that inkling of what it is you're to do and not to do. Well, I'll tell you, it was painful, it was tiring, it was nearly devastating to even as a born-again Christian to try to figure out life by myself. And by many measures, I had all the right things that were going right, but it was, I was empty, I was tired, I was worn out, I was absent of rest, peace, or joy. And what does dwelling in the presence of God provide you? And who dwells within us? God's presence. So if God's presence dwells within us and we dwell with him, boom, then there is peace available to us. There is rest available to us. There is joy available to us. Right there. It's right there. It's so great. And he gets to walk around. So this body that was made to move around, he can walk around with me. And I can commune with him. He's in me. Is he guiding me? Am I asking him to guide me? You know, the truth of the matter is, Holy Spirit's always talking. You know, when you go to sleep at night, um, your, your body's asleep, but your sp Holy Spirit isn't asleep. Holy Spirit's always talking to you. Oh, so the thing's got to be. Are you listening? Or are you doing the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da? What was that song we heard there, Daylisa? The Listen, people, I bet Pastor Christie knows it. Oh, it'll come back to me. But anyway, it's a song that goes about, basically, we're walking around, listen, people, and we're, because we're not listening. So we're going, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And we're not listening to the Holy Spirit. We're making the decision to not listen, or we're making the decision to not pay attention. Now, look, I got to tell you that if you were to have known me three years ago and what my profession was and what I did and just what my life was, a wonderful, exciting life, I loved it. But I was on duty 24 hours a day for about 26 years. And I was ultimately responsible for everything that happened in a very, several very large organizations, whether I had anything to do with them or not. It comes with leadership, no problem, when you are filled and led by the Holy Spirit. But I would have succumbed to addiction or exhaustion or physical disrepair or whatever it might have been had I not learned to walk empowered by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a couple of analogies of things you can do. These might be word pictures that will stay with you. I hope they do. They're a little bit funny. We're going to wrap up. And I want to mention to you, by the way, as I give you a couple of these word pictures, God wants all of us, God wants all of us to walk in this freedom. It's not just about our salvation. It's about our another Bible school or Sunday school word. It's about our sanctification. Let me put this in a more, I used to live in Hawaii, so we used to say that you had good, better, best, but in Hawaii they would say good, better, more better. You guys hear that? You got good, better, more better. Okay, so, so we, um, we've been saved by, the, by, by grace, but we are walking, and we're saved by grace, but we walk uh, through our sanctification or our trans, sorry, sanctification, which is our transformation. So Jesus died on the cross for our salvation. The Holy Spirit dwells within us for our transformation. And that process is a walk. It's a walk you take every day as you go out the door of your house. 
It's transformation. The question's going to be, are you walking further away from the cross or closer to the cross in that process? The process has bumps. The process has pain. The process has abuse. The process has things that go wrong that you don't expect. You start to feel lonely. You start to be filled with doubt. You start to be filled with fear. None of those things, uh, or loneliness, none of those things are from the Holy Spirit. The light bulb's burning bright. That's light and life in the Spirit. It's death and darkness here. I'm not saying hide from the world. I'm saying hide in the Spirit while you are functioning for God's purposes and for His glory in the world. And it's so dear and it's so precious. Um, I want to respect our time here together today, and I want to allow time for prayer. We'll have, we'll have an opportunity, if any of you would like to receive prayer in a few minutes, um, to come up. If you'd like to receive prayer specifically for a greater awareness or, a, or, a, or a, a, even a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, because if you have already accepted Jesus as your Savior, you have Holy Spirit in you. So if you'd wanted to come forward, don't do it now, but, if, but be thinking about this. Be honest with yourself. Ask your spirit man and say, is there more? Or how much, how much of you am I asking? Where am I looking? The title of, my message, title of my message today was, I'll say it last, was which way are you looking? Are you looking this way? Towards the world? God has, God has put it. He created the world and he created us. And he's put us in the world for his glory. We were created for God's glory. How do we glorify him, brothers and sisters, without him? We can't. He's God. No worries. He gave us the Holy Spirit to show us, to lead us. But this is not a little... Sometimes Holy Spirit can reveal things like a powder keg. It's quite true. It just explodes. <laughs> he's there. And I love it. But to have a communion with him or a union is where you're always just talking to him. You're always fellowshipping. I shared a, this, I'll share this quick story. Um, my job would require me to fly a lot in the past. And I, so I spent a lot of time alone. But as I started to walk in the Holy Spirit, with the, with the Holy Spirit and recognizing his presence, I would be able to, even at an airport, you know how you're waiting for the get on the airplane and they're calling loading zone one, zone two, zone three, zone four. And it became so common to me to speak with the Holy Spirit, and still is, that I would be standing there at the gate, and I was, let's say I'm zone five, and they'd say, zone five, and I'd say, okay, let's go, Holy Spirit, boom. Now, I'm sharing that with you, not as a cute little story. I'm sharing that with you as, an, uh, as a demonstration of deliberateness, intentionalness. Don't go through your whole day and not even address the Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit doesn't need you to be praying to him. The Holy Spirit will show you how to pray. There are plenty of Bible verses, which if, if um, I won't be able to cover this today, but if you'd like to look in Romans 8 when you get home, look at Romans 8 and talks about quite a bit of life in the Spirit. What are you looking at? Where does a redeemed mind look? Um, when you look in one direction, you see death. The other direction, you see life. This is a very practical teaching that every single born-again believer can exercise on a regular basis. If you find yourself feeling lonely, if you find yourself feeling scared, if you find yourself thinking, I don't have the answer. I don't know what I'm going to do. My car broke down, broke down, can't pay the bills, whatever. My wife's going to walk out. Whatever is happening, if you are feeling any of those things and you haven't yet just said, I just got to give you a caution. Holy Spirit, you can just talk to. It doesn't have to be a big prayer session like some of the professional ministers will pray. I love being in the anointing when someone who is a pastor, like Pastor Tim, prays. I'm like, whoa, I love that. But when it comes to Holy Spirit, he just wants you to talk to him and just say, Holy Spirit, I'm sad. I can't believe, I don't even know what to do about this whole thing. We've got mask mandates. I got to pay bills. I want to be the good father. I'm feeling this, I'm doing that. I, I, I'm just confused. It could, also be, it could also be sin. It could also be, why am I still doing, even Paul recognized that, why am I still doing what I know I shouldn't be doing? 
I know I shouldn't, but I still do. If you have that thought, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's uh, something where a process occurs, like, I mean, it could be anything. It could be turning to food for comfort. It could be turning to pornography for stimulation. It could be anything. When you find that, hey, I'm going to go, you know, turn the computer on, say, no, Holy Spirit, right here. I know you're in me right now. I know you can help me with this right now. Oh, I love you so much. I can't even love you enough. I can't even actually, I don't even know how to pray this to the Father. Holy Spirit will pray this for you. He's so personal. It's so intimate. He dwells inside of you. He doesn't go away. Even when you're making the wrong decisions. Now, the Bible does warn us about grieving the Holy Spirit. But if you have this intentional communion or union with the Holy Spirit, and you're always with the Holy Spirit, and this interaction is occurring, my experience has been that those desires go away. That those, that those fears, that those trepidations, the insecurities, they go away. So I'll close with this, friends. Oh, we love coming into worship. And we are blessed with a worship ministry that not only has um, the, uh, the, the skills, the musician skills, but much more important than that, has the ability to usher in and steward the presence of Holy Spirit. Oh, we love that. I love it, don't you? You probably have moments, even little flashes, possibly, where you feel overwhelming peace. You may even feel overwhelming joy. You may even have new good ideas that pop in your head to some of your solutions. We love our worship team, but you don't have to wait for them to string up a chord to feel that same bliss, that same comfort, that same proximity, that same reality of the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. Now, sometimes in Pentecostal circles, we'll talk about and, and we'll focus on the other parts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's not the message today. The message today is the person of the Holy Spirit, friendship of the Holy Spirit. And we should be doing a self-check. If you were to just schedule yourself, and I really am wrapping up here, if you were to schedule yourself, just do a quick little report card on yourself when you go home. I don't know if it's a tradition in your house. It isn't mine. We take after-church naps. And that's a nice thing on Sunday afternoon. So, okay, good. So if you're able to do that while you're taking your afternoon nap, how much time are you spending with the Holy Spirit? I don't mean this is not meant to add one more thing to your plate. It's not that at all. Remarkably, when you recognize the presence, the consistent, constant presence of the Holy Spirit, you can turn to Him anytime. It's not stopping everything and having a prayer meeting for three hours. It can be, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just talking with Him talking with him. Because you know what happens? It's just like your own friends or if you've ever spoken a foreign language before. The more you do it, the more you understand it. The more you can hear it. You recognize it. You can be in a room and you can, oh, I hear that and I can understand that. So it's something we need to do on a regular basis. It's fun. It's exciting. And it puts you at peace. Holy Spirit, the results of walking in the Spirit on a regular basis that, that is referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. It's called out in Galatians 5.22. And I'll just list them off to you. I'm just going to list them to you. I'm not going to read the verse. It's love. So, quick report card for yourself as, I, as you prepare to your hearts to receive a greater awareness of the Holy Spirit and a greater union with the Holy Spirit. Ask yourself this right now. Are you experiencing the gifts of the Holy Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of that's available to us, not only for us by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
but for those around us because the fruit is to be shared. We can't give what we don't have. If we try to fake it, it's exhausting and it doesn't work. There's no power behind it. And you know in your secret place that you're scared and you're lost and you're lonely and you're frustrated and you're angry. What I want you to know is what I know and what I feel in my secret place. I feel love, I feel joy, I feel peace and the other gifts of the Holy Spirit.